0: Coming up, what an excellent day for Schmaltz. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 65 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. All right, so our minute begins with Karis saying... Do people tell you you look like Paul Newman? And it ends with Karis saying, "In the fall." But let's go back to the top here. Fun fact, Keenan: Did you know that, according to Friedkin, at least, Paul Newman actually wanted to play Father Karis in this film?
1: Uh, yeah, I did know that it's a good part, and Paul mm. Newman would have been at the height of his fame. Um, yeah, so that that you know, why is that such a bad idea? Yeah, you know, I mean, casting hey, Paul Newman, yeah.
0: Um, actually, okay. Yeah. It turns out there's a, there's a lot of people. There was some, some, uh, uh, there was a, a line around the block to play, uh, to play <laughs> father Karis. Um, and I got another one for you, Keenan. Mm-hmm. I found this out in between scenes with Karis. And so I was waiting for him to show up again, to drop this on you, mm-hmm. you know, who also contributed to this film and was willing to surrender 100% of their pay in order to play Karas.
1: Oh, I don't know this one. They contributed to this film. So yes. it's not Lee J Cobb. It's not Lee wanting J Cobb. To play Father Karras. Nope. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Mm, okay. Do want I'm going to give you 3 guesses. Okay. Um Billy Friedkin <laughs> Could have been, could have been Father Karras. It was
0: not Billy Friedkin, <laughs> okay. but you are on the right track.
1: Uh Billy Blatty. It was Billy No, Bloody. that's yes. silly. <laughs> <laughs> silly Billy. Oh, why would he do that?
0: I do, he's the one who wrote it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you're the one – like you actually had said it before. Actually, mm-hmm. twice I think uh, oh. you said that you assumed that Karis was uh, probably a lot like Blatty because right. mm-hmm. that's what we creative types do. We insert ourselves into the stories, right? Like like how every Stephen King story has a writer. Oh, well, wow.
1: not to make any spoilers but if you're reading a Stephen King novel right now, there's a good chance that Stephen King is a character – in the novel that you're reading <laughs> right now. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of a spoiler. So I won't say which novel that is, but right. uh, he, is a no- he is a character in his own novels.
0: Which novel way. or novels?
1: No, yeah. Oh, I don't know. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, but there's this, um, this thing online that they'll say like, oh, this is a self-insert, you know, mm-hmm, where we're mm-hmm. like, oh... This is a story about Lester and he's the kid's favorite teacher at school. <laughs> and then and he he gets all the money and all the all the gals and he's uh he's super nice and everyone talks about how pretty he is all day and yeah. by Lester Clark. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Yeah. All the gals being the other teachers, just we're just we're just being Oh not
1: that, with right? the yeah. student. No, 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 no.
0: Um but yes. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so that was one, uh, uh, instance where, um, uh, you had mentioned that Keenan. and then like at one point we were talking about how, uh, how Blatty writes, uh, kids, right? Uh-huh. I think we were talking about like Reagan's character and wondering if Blatty had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out he has a whole bunch, right? The Blatty bunch. Right. Um, but then you had said in that episode that you kind of assumed that he was a priest. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because he'd been to um, um, uh, school. He'd been to- right, uh, Georgetown University. Yeah, Georgetown, yeah. yeah. Uh, and studied theology. I assumed he wanted to be a priest, right? Yeah. So yeah, he he really wanted to be Father Karras. Now, we have seen Blatty act in this movie. He uh-huh. is in the movie shooting scene where they're shooting the uh, the musical remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and right, he shows right. up there as a producer on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's got sort of a 70s porn stash on. Yeah, uh, we yeah, didn't he mention does. that before there, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that was popular then. Um, right. If you shave it off, he kind of looks like Judd Hirsch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true, yeah. And Judd Hirsch would be a big TV star, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't I didn't look at him and go, "Oh, that's some buddy I want to know more about or anything like that," you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah, if, if we're going strictly by looks, I mean, I, you know, I got to give it to Jason Miller. I mean, like he is. He is Father Karras. Like there is no other <laughs> right. Father Karras that I can think of. Like not even Stacey Keach, not even uh, you know paul newman um, right but yeah um but i will say uh folks again like if, if you are a fan of the exorcist even if you have already read the book on your own i highly highly recommend you seek out bladdy's reading of the book and he, he he does the first edition um uh my recording says dove audio and that one is up on youtube um and, and i'll post a uh it up in the facebook group as well right um i really don't think he gets enough credit for the performance he does like each character is different right he does a great uh chris he does a great kinderman and he does a really great captain howdy like without any like uh modulation modulation in his voice or anything like that right mm-hmm. you're just like yep that that is captain howdy <laughs> and and he does an amazing damien Carris, so okay. at least in the audiobook he is damien Carris um so I thought that was interesting. Um, and yeah, he did a really amazing job. So do go and check him out. And uh, he also does the 40th anniversary version as well. That one's up on Audible. It's also good. Um, there's a couple of new things we're going to talk about when they come up. Um, I'll most likely mention them when they do, uh, especially because I have some opinions about those additions, specifically this uh, this new character that, I don't know,
1: we'll, we'll get into that. A new um, character for The Exorcist?
0: A new character in The Exorcist. Oh. He doesn't show up in the film. No. Um, oh. But uh, he he's in this uh, 40th anniversary edition, and uh, yeah,
1: Carl's evil twin.
0: It's Carl's it's Carl's evil twin, (laughs) Kyle, (laughs) (laughs) and he is German. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out Captain Howdy didn't kill Burke Dennings. It was (gasps) Kyle. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) So they were they were half right because they were suspecting Carl, right?
1: Kyle what are you doing here you've shown up finally in my life after all this time
0: <laughs> i thought after that moment on the bridge that would be our last meeting
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well you were wrong was you not <laughs> oh carla i was always telling you to cheer up lighten up a little bit <laughs>
0: You're right. No, he would be. Oh my God, Keenan, you are writing this perfectly, right? So Carl would be the dour, right. like 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 mean faced one who's actually kind, and Kyle would be all cheer. He would he would be
1: um, Heimlich, <laughs> exactly. But like a murderous Heimlich. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> oh, you know, anyone anyway, who looks poorly at my brother has to be taken down. <laughs> Calls you a Nazi. We all have a great time. Oh, it's so funny. But that was the end of him, was it not? I can fight my own battle style. <laughs> well then we better start doing it. <laughs> I think I will do it right
0: now. <laughs> and it ends with them both tumbling out the window. <laughs> But then, but then, uh, Carl survives right, because he uh, lands on top of Kyle, right? right, and the last words are, "He broke my fall, and my heart
1: Ah, <laughs> poor Carl never catches a break, right? right yeah, no, he never catches a break. His brother caught a break hey!
0: <laughs> oh, I love these spin-offs we create um. <laughs> um Oh yeah, so yeah, that new character. No, 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 no. It is not Kyle Carl's long lost brother, right? Um, well, I already yeah. love him. Yeah, I know, right? Like I wish, you know, dear William Peter Blatty. Oh wait, <laughs> you're dead. Sorry to bother you. Right, right um, this is on our Ouija board, is it? right? This is know? on our Ouija board. Yeah, right. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, but we we will we will uh, talk about that when that comes up. But right. speaking of which, I, I I have that reading that I wanted to share with you folks. Uh, remember, um, Keenan mentioned that uh, with the exit of Burke, we now get this new character who provides a nice bit of comic relief. I am speaking, of course, of our guy here, our detective William F. Kinderman. Um, It's here that we see Blatty's comedy background uh, really shining through. So let's have a listen. A reading from the book of Blatty. The man in the overcoat stood up and began to approach him. Father Karras, Lieutenant Kinderman called hoarsely. The priest turned around and nodded briefly, squinting into the sunlight, waiting for Kinderman to reach him, then beckoned him along as once again he began to move. "'Do you mind?' "'I'll cramp,' he panted. "'Yes, of course,' the detective answered, nodding with a wincing lack of enthusiasm as he tucked his hands into his pockets. The walk from the parking lot had tired him. "'Have we met?' asked the Jesuit. "'No, Father, no. But they said you looked like a boxer. Some priest at the residence hall, I, I forget.' He was tugging out his wallet. So bad with names. "'And yours?' "'William Kinderman, Father.' He flashed his identification. "'Homicide.' Really? Karis scanned the badge and identification card with a shining boyish interest. Flushed and perspiring, his face had an eager look of innocence as he turned to the waddling detective. What's this about? Hey, you know something, Father? Kinderman answered, inspecting the Jesuit's rugged features. It's true. You do look like a boxer. Excuse me, that scar, you know, there by your eye? He was pointing. Like Brando, it looks like. In Waterfront. Just exactly Marlon Brando. They gave him a scar. He was illustrating, pulling at the corner of his eye. They made his eye look a little closed. Just a little. Made him look a little dreamy all the time. Always sad. Well, that's you, he said, pointing. You're Brando. People tell you that, Father? No, they don't. have a box? Oh, a little. You're from here in the district? New York. Golden gloves, am I right? You just made Captain, Kara smiled. Now what can I do for you? Walk a little slower, please. Emphysema. The detective was gesturing at his throat. Oh, I'm sorry. Karis slowed his pace. Never mind. Do you smoke? Yes, I do. You shouldn't. Well, now, tell me the problem. Of course. Incidentally, you're busy? The detective inquired. I'm not interrupting? Interrupting what? Asked Karis, bemused. Well, mental prayer, perhaps. You will make, Captain. Karis smiled cryptically. Pardon me, I missed something? Karis shook his head, but the smile lingered. I doubt that you ever miss a thing, he remarked. His sidelong glance toward Kinderman was sly and warmly twinkling. Kinderman halted and mounted a massive and hopeless effort at looking befuddled. But, glancing at the Jesuit's crinkling eyes, he lowered his head and chuckled ruefully. "'Ah, well, of course, of course, a psychiatrist. Who am I kidding?' He shrugged. "'Look, it's a habit with me, Father. Forgive me. Schmaltz. That's the Kinderman method. Pure schmaltz. Well, I'll stop and tell you straight what it's all about.' "'The desecrations,' Karis said, nodding. "'So I wasted my schmaltz,' the detective said quietly. "'Sorry.' Never mind, father, that I deserved. Yes, the things in the church, he confirmed. Correct. Only maybe something else besides, something serious. Murder? Yes, kick me again. I enjoy it. Well, homicide division, the Jesuit shrugged. Never mind, never mind, Malin Brando, never mind. People tell you for a priest you're a little bit smart ass. culpa, Karis murmured.
1: All right, we don't have a downer uh, yeah. reading this week. Yeah,
0: we don't have to end that with sheesh, oh.
1: right? This is a,
0: this is a you know a little bit of a you know this is this is this is nice and lighthearted. I really like this, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and I just wanted to share that little bit of dialogue there, right? I actually had a hard time picking a place to stop because honestly, all of the stuff between Karis and Kinderman is like is clever, it's funny, it's uplifting, and if if I read it all, we'd be here here all day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. Truly, uh, with the introduction of Kinderman, you can see what Blatty means when he said that he set out to make a supernatural detective story um, and a pretty funny one, a pretty lighthearted and clever one at that, um, which I guess maybe today we would maybe fault him for. Like, hey, what are you doing mixing up genres here, right? Like <laughs> this is supposed to be about like murder and, and, and demons and all that, right? Um, and if I remember correctly, like our man, Lee J. Cobb here plays him a little bit more straight, a little less um, – schmaltzy, right? To go mm-hmm. with the tone of Friedkin's movie. Um, and so this right here might be one of the first instances where uh, the book and the movie start to separate a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not talking about like like uh, little actions, like like does Karis help the guy in the subway or not? Like, I, I'm talking about like tone, mm-hmm. right? And, and I believe at one time or another, like both Billys, Billy Friedkin and Billy Blatty have referred to this story as a supernatural detective story. Now, how Bladdy does a supernatural detective story and how Friedkin does one seem slightly different, right? We've already seen that. Like, Blatty likes to insert a little bit of comedy, a little bit of uh, levity, showing us the lighter side of humanity. Um, the world can't be all bad if people like Karis and Dyer or or Karis and Kinderman or Chris and Carl or Chris and Sharon are, are cracking jokes,
1: right? <laughs> if we have Kyle out of it, it's all bad, though. Well, then, then it's all bad, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the freed conversion right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah so and then we got speaking of freaking, right? Like he's making this movie and he's, he's trying to make a movie and it mm-hmm. seems like he wants a certain tone, a certain color, metaphorical color palette, right? Throughout this movie so that even when we do have moments of levity, they exist within the spectrum of colors and moods that he has created for this world, right? Book Kinderman feels like he could jump out of this story and into some other wise, cracking, hard-boiled detective story. And and he did, right? Both mm-hmm. him and Father Dyer are in Blatty's other book, Legion, right? Mm-hmm um and this guy right here played by Lee J Cobb feels like a perfect well-crafted puzzle piece that fits in this movie and makes uh and makes it good makes it whole
1: well you know we also have to think about the version you've never seen TVYNS, ah. uh which which ends the movie with Kinderman in a way that I do not particularly care for And uh, you know I will I will say that now rather than waiting till the end I do not mm-hmm. like Uh, The addition or the how do you say it? It it was shot originally. They cut it out of the original and then they put it back in the addition of Kinderman uh, at the end of the movie.
0: Right, the, re, the re-edition or the, re-edition, the
1: re-insertion. The re yes. Yeah. Yeah, that really, really bothers me. Um, that mm. that seems to be, you know, again, this is Blatty's character, and, and Blatty is trying to end the movie with a, a, a series of jokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Friedkin's initial uh, blush in 1973 is to, no, there's no joke that could mm. <laughs> lighten up the ending of The Exorcist. But this is for, serious stuff this right really here. really serious stuff. But then for whatever reason, we put him back in 2000. yeah. yeah.
0: I think there have been a couple of uh, interviews and a couple of conversations that were uh, taped um, between uh, Blatty and Friedkin, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he has said repeatedly that he is worried that audiences think the devil won, mm-hmm. and I think this this might be one of his like like well well you know the devil can't possibly win if if you know this priest and this detective are crass, cracking jokes at the very end right?
1: I don't um, know if that undoes it because <laughs> <laughs> the ending of the Exodus is quite intense, mm-hmm. um, and then to I mean. If Reagan were cracking jokes at the end, you right. know, like least like if she were healed, but we don't. We see her kind of catatonic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then for him to show up, and then again, we're jumping all the way to the end right, but for right, him right. to show up and to become friends with Dyer. Um, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't necessarily see how that's supposed to fix anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say,
0: yeah, as somebody who has read the book, mm-hmm. that is that it it rings true of the flavor that uh, that Blatty is is creating right. in the book. So it's it's a very book kinderman thing to to end mm-hmm. on right um n- whether or not it belongs in this movie mm-hmm. uh kind of you know r- remains uh to be seen well i right. mean i guess you've already you've already given your i
1: said remind is i'd love to hear from our our, our listeners out there but yes yes, yes. that's my opinion um,
0: but yeah and, and certainly once we get to that um but yeah, we do have a little bit of comedy, a little bit of schmaltz here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. These two characters have just met each other. Karis hasn't even caught his breath and already he's uh, he's engaged in a little verbal fencing, right? He shoots back, right? Do people ever tell you you look like Paul Newman? Mm-hmm. Um, and quick as lightning, right? Without any hesitation, Kinderman responds, always. Yeah. Right. Right so these yeah. these these guys have pl- have have taken an improv class or two. Right?
1: Uh, who would who would the Paul Newman of today be that that would be like <gasps> oh cuz so what that means if you don't if you only know Paul Newman from his later movies like Cars or something mm-hmm. like Paul Newman was the epitome of like like super sexy masculine but sensitive like all around you know gorgeous person inside out.
0: Oh, he was good, he was known okay. for his
1: charities. <laughs> he he was athletic, he was uh, you know good to his kids and his wife and all that stuff. He was a wonderful guy. Well that okay, that you
0: you brought up a, a really good point. So uh, I guess like in the context of of the time, what is Karras doing here by mm-hmm. calling by calling Kinderman Paul Newman? Is he cuz I at
1: first I thought he was like is like uh, that he looks ugly. Um that if, the real, yeah, that Kinderman looks ugly in real life, right? Yeah. yeah like
0: exactly. like do people ever tell you you look like a like a, a mountain crag or or something like that? Like <laughs>
1: Right, but like, he's saying like, yeah, you know, oh, you must be compared all the time to Ryan Gosling, and it's mm. it's like a making fun, right? Really? Yeah, Paul Newman okay. was gorgeous uh, in 1973. He was at the height of his stardom. And then, yeah, he uh, we talked about it in the Oscar show, but The Sting is the movie that beat The Exorcist. So right, I don't right. think Paul Newman could have been in both The Exorcist and The Sting. You would have had to have chosen.
0: Right, yeah. Huh, okay. So, so here, it, so the joke is, Karis is saying... No, people don't tell me I look like John Garfield. Do people ever tell you that you look like this other uh, Hollywood heartthrob?
1: Right. Well, John Garfield was not a Hollywood heartthrob, I would say. Well, damn it. What the heck is going on in this thing? Well, oh, well, Paul Newman was also famous for being a boxer at the time. Somebody up uh-huh. there likes me. So he's also giving him a, you know, a boxer title. But, but yeah, yeah. The joke is that, that Lee G. Cobb does not look like Paul Newman.
0: Right, okay.
1: Maybe it would be if I asked you, like, oh, does anyone ever tell you that you look like Michael B. Jordan? Okay. <laughs> like, clearly you don't I mean, look I'm, like Michael B. Jordan.
0: I'm Googling Michael B. Jordan.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, who the, the sexy dude is right now, yeah. B. Jordan. Oh, you don't know him? I obviously <laughs> don't know. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're going to have quite a surprise when you find out who Michael B. Jordan is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, what's Keenan saying about? Oh, got it. Right. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that's the joke. Okay. Th- I think that so. He- okay. That-, that he absolutely does not look like Paul Newman. Right. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Paul Newman was a gorgeous dude. Gotcha. Gotcha. And Kinderman is just a craggy. Craggy. <laughs> You're crag. Craggy, grumpy, <laughs> grumpy old twelve angry men. Yeah, you're like that rock monster from um <laughs> from uh the never ending story. Right.
0: <laughs> well, I was saying uh, the Fantastic Four, but whatever. Um, or what is it? What is it the, the, yeah, the Fantastic oh Four, yeah.
1: Michael B. Hate us. No, no, Michael B. Jordan was um the human torch in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh jeez. Okay, oh, it's it's all coming together. I <laughs>
0: Right next to my uh, right next to my exorcist cork corkboard, I have like other cork boards. Um, all with yeah.
1: Anyway, okay. It must be really tough to try to catch up with comic book stuff. I mean, like I, I know comics a little bit from when I was a kid and, and mm-hmm. I, I so I can at least try to get in there when I when I see like, oh, nowadays this person is that or you know, Captain America was a hydra sleeper agent for a little while, you know, mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like if you're starting from zero, I don't know how you even begin. I gave up.
0: <laughs> and then, and then Everything Everywhere all at once came along, and I'm like, I want to watch all of the Michelle Yo verse.
1: Absolutely. Right? Now, well, not she's the, not the MCU, but the, 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 myU <laughs> well unfortunately she is in two Marvel movies as two different characters
0: well I will see those two Marvel movies <laughs>
1: <laughs> she I don't know how they let that happen it, it's some you know they you want to pretend like Kevin Feige has as a iron grip on the um, the continuity of the MCU and that mm-hmm. everything is planned but no she is two different characters and that can't that can't be right um, wait
0: what oh Oh, that's what you mean. I thought you meant like she plays the same character in two movies. No,
1: she is a character in Shang-Chi, and then she's Uh another character in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, that's That's a mistake. How do you justify that? Yeah. (laughs) Gemma Chan is two characters. She is in The Eternals, and she's also in Captain Marvel. But in Captain Marvel, she's like a blue alien. Okay. So you couldn't possibly tell. But but Michelle Yeoh is just her face, and she's a big movie star, and so it's very clear she's the same person. Yeah.
0: They're not, they're not like making a (laughs)
1: like a, <laughs> no, 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 they just don't. Man. No, okay. no, they just don't know what they're doing. It's just okay. a mistake. That just, that just can't be right.
0: Wait, you mean the people who make the MCU don't know what they're doing?
1: <laughs> I think that's Sorry, some evidence Andy. of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's some evidence that they they made a mistake there. And there's another one where Alfred Woodard plays um, a different character in whichever movie that is. Oh shoot. Uh, Civil War, I think, and then she's a different character in the TV MCU um, of uh, Luke Cage. So she's that's at least three different characters or three different actors to play two different characters.
0: See, unless you own it, like, and folks, God, like this is this is you know this is after the Oscars. I've seen everything, everywhere, all at once, like (laughs) five times now. Mm -hmm. Um, like I I I remember like anecdotally somebody saying like it's like well they can't do uh, MCU movies anymore because everything everywhere all at once has kind of like set the bar for uh uh, you know alternate universe movies
1: oh yeah yeah multiverse stuff Mm -hmm.
0: multiverse stuff yeah it's like because it like everything else uh, uh, in comparison just looks like shit um
1: well we'll see so you're not an mcu person but you are uh, an eow person
0: i am an eow and an myu person I will. I will watch. I will watch a movie, mm-hmm. an entire movie set in the hot dog universe. <laughs> I want to see Deirdre, Bobydra, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and Evelyn. Like I, I want to see that whole story.
1: I would love that. Yeah. I uh, God. Oh, oh God. but you know, in in garden, you might be done with an MCU, but in Gardens of the Galaxy two, they promised mm-hmm. us a spin-off team, which was Sylvester Stallone. Michelle Yeoh, mm. and Miley Cyrus <laughs> okay. as a talking radio or something, um, I, I'm, like, I'm, like I'm, the John Lovitz radio character from, um, from The Brave Little Toaster. Interesting. And okay. I don't know why that hasn't become a thing, but that's, yeah. the, like, that's the end credit thing is them going off on their own adventures. Like I don't know why we don't see that. Wow.
0: I am, I am excited about a third of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to see Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> I've seen a lot of Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> All right.
0: I see him in the Rocky movies. I'm, I'm happy with the Rocky movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah so so we're back to kind of like you know the quick verbal fencing that these mm-hmm. two guys are doing right and quick as lightning we got kinderman saying always right and Karis just walks away and it lingers on kinderman for a for a little bit for a second and we get this look like ah here we go one of these guys mm-hmm. and he follows after
1: so kinderman if we're looking at the way that laddie has named some of these characters mm-hmm. uh dr klein means dr little or dr small Doctor Tanny means Doctor Slim or Doctor Thin, uh-huh. and then uh, Detective Kinderman means Detective Childman.
0: Yes, actually, yeah. I, I was I was always wondering whether or not that was um, intentional or mm-hmm. if that had any meaning to it at all. Right, but he is kind of this um, absent minded, yeah. uh, you know, Columbo esque kind of like a, a
1: man child. You right? think he's a pushover?
0: Right. Yes, exactly.
1: It's mm. interesting that he defines himself in terms of schmaltz in the novel. Um, mm-hmm, I don't know if we mm-hmm. get that in the dialogue in the movie, but no. Um, I don't think so. But that would that would place him quite clearly as a, as a Jew. Right. Because he's speaking yes. in Yiddish and talking about this this term schmaltz, which is um, kind of uh, I, I don't know. I guess the, the reason we use the word schmaltz in English is because it's it's sort of hard to define and hard to translate over. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes schmaltz is a bad thing, in that mm. it's like too sentimental or too emotional, and then sometimes mm. it's a good thing because it's like satisfying, um, like which goes back to like its original roots as schmaltz literally means um, like melted uh, goose fat or melted chicken fat that you'd use oh. for cooking. Yeah, um, yeah. So it means like satisfying, um, uh, warm, comforting, and also it means kind of hokey or you know. Yeah, so it's interesting. interesting he would he would introduce himself that way, like oh that's my thing is I'm schmaltz, and that that places him firmly as a Jew and and yes. someone who is um separate from the Catholic world and an outsider. Yeah,
0: and they 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 make a a bigger thing out of it in the book as well. Mm-hmm. And again, it's this wonderful. So we have you know Father Marin in the beginning, friends with uh, uh the Arab curator, mm-hmm. right? Who is who is most likely a, a a Muslim, um, and you know like the religion they, it, their friendship kind of like transcends mm-hmm. uh,
1: their uh, their
0: different religions.
1: I mean. And you only say most likely because we got burned by the Jesuit Dean thing. Of course, he's a Muslim, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's an Arab. In he's an Arab in in, uh, Iraq. in Iraq. Yes, and yeah. he is. He's, yes, yeah, yeah, and he has right. a position of power. He's not on. He's not on the run from the Saddam government, right? Yes, right. He is. Oh yeah, this he's be a the government. Right. Yeah, he's so a Muslim. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to be anything. <laughs> right, else. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And it's not. A, there's no university over there, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. But no, I mean like I, I I just kind of like thought of that parallel just now mm-hmm. is that we have we have this friendship here um between a Jesuit mm-hmm. and a Jewish person. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that is uh, really, really cool.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing about him being a Jew is that, um, you know, Blatty is a Catholic, obviously, yeah. right? But he's also a comedy writer. And so a lot of comedy writing is influenced by Jewish comedy, um, mm-hmm. by by Yiddish theater. Um, I was just having a conversation with my my brother-in-law, and we were talking about this completely in agreement about how, like, uh black music and American pop music are inseparable. Like when you think about like what American pop music is, it just is right. black music. Um, right. So that's like jazz and ragtime and rap and rock and hip hop and the blues and R and B and gospel. Like like everything I mean, you that see is in black the, music. The- yeah.
0: Yeah, you've seen the uh, you know the Oscar-nominated uh, Elvis, right? Right, like, exactly. It's mm-hmm. like where he got his uh, start, right, and his inspiration. Yeah, you yeah.
1: cannot separate those things. And um, American comedy really is Jewish humor. It really is <laughs> like <laughs> like the type of stand-up that became big in the 50s and 60s and 70s, right? It was self-confessional, like self-effacing. Like it's stories about like, let me tell you an anecdote about how I was an idiot someplace, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not an anecdote about how great I am, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just, just self, self-referential, self self almost self-loathing jewish humor right yeah uh, so like it's, it's almost impossible to separate those things out you know what mm-hmm. we think of as american comedy and and uh, what is uh jewish and yiddish humor
0: yeah yeah uh yeah folks th- think of think of you know the, the 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 funniest people that you were watching while you were growing up right mm-hmm. if you if you are like uh you know the same age as uh, keenan and myself right mm-hmm. it's like i'm thinking mel brooks i'm thinking i'm thinking all those people right right
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody you can think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mel Brooks is, is, is a start at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was trying again not to say Woody Allen, but he's, he's like the I, that, most influential. That was the, <laughs> that was the other name. He's like the most influential. And my head was like, reactors. don't say Woody Allen. Right, but Woody yeah, but Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, Elaine mm-hmm. May and Mike Nichols, um, right. like, mm-hmm. like all of that is is just Jewish comedy. Yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, so uh, now we jump in time here, and it looks like maybe we're up on the top of the bleachers, uh, do we think? Um, or, or like we're at some other vantage point. Maybe I I even think- higher than the bleachers, yeah. Yeah. We're not like like I don't think we're overlooking the same track. Right no, now we're that not. I look, like yeah, we're definitely in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sand down there. The buildings are a little bit closer. It's, it's still the Georgetown campus though. Right. Um, and the day seems a little bit brighter. Like maybe maybe Karis was running in the early early morning, um, and now the sun is starting to like really come out and get rid of all that like mist and fog. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So now they're talking about Burke uh Kinderman mentions that he was doing uh the film here, and Karis allows that yeah he's he's seen him, and we know that we saw him seeing him right mm-hmm. That was our first introduction to Karis, right we even we even uh, before we even knew his name mm-hmm. and Kinderman continues and he's like you're also familiar with uh, how last week he died uh and Karis says only what I read in the papers um what do we make of Kerris here? is he being KG, right off the mm-hmm. bat is he is he being honest does he want this guy to f off does he want to help like obviously he's not um involved yet right mm-hmm. he doesn't know anything about anything right he hasn't met reagan he hasn't met chris he has no stake yet in keeping secrets right in like in their story at all but he comes off sort of like tight-lipped mm-hmm. and uh, like and i'm like but why like you have nothing to do with anything yet like there will come a time when he is closed mouth to uh, protect Reagan but like like what's he doing here like right now
1: yeah I think we're supposed to wonder that I think it also is helpful to a 1970s um, youth centered audience it's like ah screw Mm. this cop who you know (laughs) right this here's a cop Mm. Ah, but I think um, he's going to reveal what he's actually doing later on which is he's protecting his he's assuming things uh, Mm. and he's protecting his priests. Right. That's going to come up in a couple uh, minutes from now where hmm. where um, Kinderman is getting to the point and then Karis is getting to the point that that like, well, if, if someone were to have confessed something to me, it would be protected as a um, as a, a doctor patient confidentiality thing.
0: Right, right. But even then, right, like there's and maybe maybe it, it um reveals a little bit more of this in the book, mm-hmm. but like all of the things that Kinderman is describing, like Karis honestly doesn't know anybody who would fit that description right. anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. But here. I, I, but, no. think, I think
1: he's probably gotten, I, I think he's, he's probably like, of course this is our movie version. So um, this is the first time that we see him, you know, being talked to by a detective, et cetera. But right. you know, he's a sophisticated man of the world at a very large institution. And so it's probably not out of the question that he has at least thought of what he would do in the situation. And, you know, if a mm. cop comes sniffing around to say very little. Interesting. And yeah, like
0: you said, Keenan, this is of a time when like attitudes towards the police, towards authorities and stuff like that, like, like people were a little bit more standoffish with, um, with cops and detectives, uh, and mm-hmm. like, like even in, even in, uh, other movies around this time. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is where you start having, um, you know, where there are cop movies that are popular, they start to be very, very different from the traditional cop movies. Uh, like, say, mm. The French Connection. These are cops right. who look like uh, your everyday Joes, and they break the rules to get results, et cetera. Um, we're not supposed to like them, necessarily. We're supposed to be interested in them. And then there's, uh, say, Shaft, who's a black private dick, who's the sex machine to all the chicks. Now, shut your mouth. But I'm talking about Shaft. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, well, then I can dig it. Um. <laughs> and then, you know, they go in the, con- the super heightened conservative route of Dirty Harry, Um, which is a, which is a, basically a fascist cop who's like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't need my badge. He throws his badge away at the end and he just shoots people with, if he knows, you know, knows slash thinks or feels that they're guilty. Mm -hmm. He just takes it upon himself to shoot them, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. When did we get the, um, Three steps away from a heart attack, police chief, who's like standing up and and like uh, like banging his fists on the desk and and being like it's like you're you're writing checks your body can't catch. <laughs> like when did
1: that happen? I don't know. I wonder if that just exists in parody. I wonder if there's actually anything that that's, that's that that's making fun of directly. <laughs> that might just be in in the comedy version of it. Oh. <laughs> Like you know, I don't, so I don't know the answer to that one. That that probably exists, but you know the old, um, the old silent movie where the guy with the mustache uh, ties the maiden to the train tracks. Oh
0: yeah, that, that yeah. One, yeah,
1: that never existed in serious media. That was always a parody. Like that really? idea we have, yeah, was just was just the comedy version making fun. So of So you movies. just set me
0: up. You're like Lester. You know you've seen that old silent movie. <laughs> Here on no, the no, Exorcist no. Minute, what an excellent day for throwing your co-host under the bus. <laughs> Or tying them to a railroad track? Tying them
1: to a railroad track, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Keenan. Of course, I've seen that movie. Everybody's Everyone's seen that. Everyone's <laughs> seen that. Yeah. No, but you have it in your head as if it actually exists, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm thinking. I mean, like, I'm thinking of like Snidely Whiplash and in, right. the, in the Bullwinkle, mm-hmm. Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons and everything right. like
1: that. Wow. so but that they they were making doesn't they, exist. Well, it does exist in silent film, but it's already making fun. It's already a comedy version of that. Like there isn't wow. a straight version of that. Yeah.
0: I wonder how many of those are there. Like, yeah, the 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 uh, near to heart attack. Police chief, the snidely whiplash tying uh, the girl to the the train tracks. Like, how many other things th- like don't actually have an origin? Oh, jeez! Like-
1: I was trying to think. Like, is the is the kid who? Ask the baseball player to uh, hit a home run for him. Is that real or is that just uh, the, oh, the of it?
0: Are you talking about like the like the the Say It Ain't So Joe? Like because that's isn't that Joe DiMaggio? That's a...
1: no. Oh my goodness! I hope we don't have any sports fans uh, listening oh. to what Lester just said. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> say It Ain't So Joe is about the Chicago Black Sox oh, who shit. who who uh, <laughs> who um through the World Series, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I,
0: I watch that right after I watch, um, uh, that guy tie the girl to the train tracks. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see. How, how do I? You know the Great Gatsby. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah.
0: Also known as as rich white people being sad. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. There's a character in there who is a fictional character who um uh-huh. Meyer Wolfsheim who has um rigged the World Series. But that really happened. Is ah, that the yes, World yes. Series was was rigged by the Chicago mm-hmm. White Sox and they called them the Chicago Black Sox and that's the idea ah, of Satan. So
0: there we go. There
1: we go. Okay. All right. So not Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio was was Marilyn Monroe's husband in the 50s. That's much later. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. We've we've learned a lot about baseball. <laughs> that's all my baseball knowledge. So I'm <laughs> glad that we got that out here.
0: That's 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 more than that's more than I have. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I just like it when they get a touchdown. Um, da, da, da. Unsubscribe. One star.
1: I try to get all my baseball facts from the Exorcist Minute podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, when are they going to do? They did an Oscars episode. When are they going to do a World Series episode? Come on. Oh. Yeah. But actually, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's get back to Kinderman and Karis here. Um, so looking at him now in this next shot as they round the corner here, Kinderman asks, uh, what do you know on the subject of witchcraft? Uh, Karis does have this private moment as he's walking that Kinderman can't see. And he has this look of reflection, like, like he's invested, like he's thinking deeply about all of this. So maybe he really is concerned and he wants to help. Um, the book even hints that this is, um, uh, not exciting like someone died mm-hmm. but like it 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 hints that it like wakes up this uh inner child in him right uh, the book does this a couple of times like when he's talking to the homicide detective and when he's with chris right mm-hmm. he gets this little flash and he thinks uh ah, little dimmy with the movie star right <laughs> so so we get these little kind of like uh uh flashes back to child uh, uh childhood for
1: caris so that's and this Flattie's is version right but maybe it, yes. uh, you know um, Jason Miller from uh, Scranton and, mm-hmm. and young Billy Friedkin, the juvenile delinquent, probably have different mm-hmm. ideas about. Oh, a cop's coming and asking questions. It's probably not as specific as it's not as not as um exciting. Rather, oh, that is
0: a good point. Yeah, right. Because Friedkin is the one making this movie, so yeah, <laughs> so he's gonna have a, a very different idea. Oh my god, I'm just now. I'm just imagining, right? Like little Bill Blatty <laughs> and little Bill Friedkin <laughs> would have two very different. Officer conversation, Right,
1: absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. even in that yeah. that part that you read from the book, right? It's like, oh, wow, look, a, a police badge. And, and yeah. he's like, oh, wow. Yeah, little Demi is, oh, a real police badge. That's Blatty right there, You're yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and Friedman was like, I don't know nothing.
1: Right, I don't I'm not telling you anything, right? <laughs> Whatever they say, it's not true, see? Yeah. Yeah, and again, um, Jason Miller from Scranton, which is Joe Biden's hometown, right, <laughs> when right. they see a cop coming, they spit. <laughs> well, there you go. I once saw that in an old 40s movie, and I was shocked. Like this old lady in the, I forget what movie it is, but this old lady mm. says, when I see a cop coming, I spit. And <gasps> oh, lady. <Wow. laughs> But that was not an atypical um, way of thinking about it, especially when you come from an immigrant community um, mm-hmm, in the 1940s mm-hmm. that a cop coming around is a, a bad thing. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So we got – yeah, we got, we got a couple of things, right? We got Blatty's influence. We got Friedkin's influence. And yeah, we also got uh, Jason Miller, right, mm-hmm. from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah. So uh, Kinderman asks him what he knows about witchcraft and he specifies from the witching end, not the hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, Karis says that he once did a paper on it it's like oh oh uh from the psychiatric end right that that's the comedy uh, again mm-hmm. right like bing bang boom right <laughs> um but suddenly he's not looking at nothing anymore it looks like he's looking at something right like in the nothing you know what i mean mm-hmm. like folks we have in the movie we got a lot of people looking off into space and I, I swear to god you can actually tell when that space is empty or when it's full if that makes any sense at all mm-hmm. um what I mean is, you can tell the difference between uh, when characters are recalling something or remembering something or just thinking about something not in the scene, and when they're just staring into the abyss. Mm-hmm. Right? They're they're either looking outward or they're looking inward. Right? Um, their eyes are either seeing something else, like a memory or a thought, or they're. It's just like their eyes have been shut off even though they're still open, right? Um, And we get both of those in this movie and that is so wild that you can actually tell the difference between uh, uh, when uh, they happen. Um, Who knew Uh, uh, there was more than one type of blank stare? Fortunately here, I think we're getting uh, the first one. Kinderman is talking and Karis is sort of half listening, but his mind is traveling, right? His eyes are seeing other things. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting that he, he looks this way as they're talking about, witchcraft as he is talking about this psychiatric paper that he did like what is he seeing what is he recalling mm-hmm. um, and Kinderman says like like again this is th- This is all in the span of uh, a couple seconds, right? Um, He says he wrote this paper on it from the psychiatric end and Kinderman kind of pauses and he says he knows he read it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like that, right? See, here, folks, we get like a tiny glimpse of just how good Kinderman actually is at his job, right? Despite this seemingly like harmless – I think Blatty even says, like, Basset Hound exterior, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's very good. (laughs) Um, He he
0: wasn't exactly leading Karras on, but he was leading him toward this point right here. Um, And I like that. And then he asks whether the desecration in the church has anything to do with witchcraft. Karras allows that maybe some rituals used in Black Mass, maybe. Now, as they're talking, they're walking past these tennis courts. Uh, Just a casual stroll. I I like the metaphor here, too, right? Just a friendly stroll between friends i'm I'm not leading you anywhere and all the while the conversation is like a tennis match Mm -hmm. kinderman serves karis hits it back and then suddenly kinderman stops walking and sort of moves in front of karis blocking his path and he says and now dennings you read how he died boom point kinderman
1: got him it's interesting like like kinderman does want him to know that he's He's good at his job sometimes. It's weird where he starts, where he wants him to do that, right? Because he'll be like, oh, I read your paper, which is a big, a big, um, you know that reveals that he's been lying. He's like, "Oh, do you know anything about?" But no, I write your right. paper, right? So it's, it's, it's a wink. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that he lets him in on that, and then just to do that a second time here, right? Um, yeah, so it's it he keeps he keeps going back and forth between being very competent and then seeming not to be competent. I wonder what's yeah. in it for Kinderman to to let uh, the priest know at all that he's competent.
0: That's actually a really good question, um, and it certainly is uh, a different interaction. Than what he has with Chris, and I think I think I'm going to mention it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But th- this interaction with Karis and the interaction with Chris, they're switched in the book. Mm-hmm. So we meet Kinderman first in uh, with Chris. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so they've they've switched this around mm-hmm. actually. But I think the the um, the way that he talks to Karis. Um, almost as this like equal fencing partner Mm -hmm. and the way that he talks to Chris and he's, he's very much kind of like putting on that like schmaltzy, um, bumbling basset hound, uh, exterior and he, and he, he never takes it off. Right.
1: Um. Uh that 's interesting you say fencing because this this sequence here that you're walking by the, the tennis courts is really reminiscent of this other scene from mm. this max Ophel's movie called the Earrings of madame de and mm-hmm. and that is about these these two men who are fighting over one of their wives and like he the the husband knows that the wife is cheating on him with um with this dude, and the dude knows that the husband knows that, but they can 't ever say it you know because it mm. didn't like the 1800s. and that's they have a very similar conversation as they 're walking past um a fencing uh a fencing uh area. Um, oh. So it's very similar to this shot, except they're going from left to right. And and they're talking, oh, we're just pleasant chums, yada, 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 yada. Well, mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. background, people are stabbing each other with foils and eppies and stuff Ooh, that. Yeah. like that. So it's that. very similar to this one. Yeah. And that's called out in the script for Tennis Court, like the previous one is called out for the, uh, the, football, uh, the football field. Mm. Oh, very interesting.
0: Okay, so yeah, so like I said, um, Kinderman asks Karis uh, what he knows on the subject of witchcraft, and uh, Karis says that he did a paper on it. Well, it turns out, Kenan, that I also did a paper on it long, oh. long ago, way back in college class, far, far away.
1: I know, in a, in a, I read it. Yeah. <laughs> Right. No, I haven't actually. Oh, okay.
0: Sorry. (laughs) You you didn't read my paper? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so offended. Uh, No. Um, And and I happen to take a little bit of umbrage with with some of the things that Karis, and I guess bladdy says in uh, Mm -hmm. this book uh about witchcraft right not so much in the movie there's not a lot of stuff mentioned um at least not in the minutes that we've uh that we've seen and heard so far um now i don't know how much of uh the resources i had when i was writing my paper were available back in the 70s Mm -hmm. uh when bladdy was writing his um or karis was writing his and bladdy was writing karis (laughs) writing his there we go um This is also still 10 years before uh, what we now call the satanic panic of the 80s when like America became like super paranoid about stuff being possibly related to Satan or
1: Satanism. Um, That that is a – that's a huge part of our upbringing is the yes. satanic panic and that that right. is the, that's one of the things that um that turn our generation into video game nerds and like keeping people mm. inside and like we don't walk anywhere anymore and our parents complain yeah, yeah. about that because they kept us inside to be safe mm-hmm. from the devil from the devil yeah, yeah they were right. very worried yeah. about that and like there's terms like satanic ritual abuse you know they've made up right. terms for things that don't exist <laughs> because yep. they're, they're yep. I, I was reading um that there were like 12,000 uh, accusations of satanic ritual abuse, and zero mm-hmm. have ever been found. Zero. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah and that has that has made us uh, the fat and lazy zoom generation <laughs> we don't go outside and we just uber eats everything to our houses. Yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's that's one of the uh, of of the side effects of that right like <laughs> the other being um a, a huge amount of what do you call it it's not xenophobia when it's fear of another um mm. religion right? Oh it?
1: I don't know religi- theophobia. Religi- theophobia?
0: <laughs> right I'm afraid of people named Theo. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: Um, right. Yeah. So, but you know, yeah, whatever that whatever that is, phobia of other, but also um, QAnon is uh, is just oh, a, yeah. a, a version of the Standing Panic. Yeah.
0: All of that. Yes. All of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And folks, yeah, that's a whole episode. Right. There. Well, I don't want to do an episode. About QAnon, but, um,
1: <laughs> no, there's but other like, podcasts about QAnon. Yes, we don't need to. Do yeah. It,
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> other podcasts that um,
1: <laughs> on on both sides of that thing. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't tell our don't tell our our listeners to go Google QAnon and listen to no, listen to no, podcasts no, about no, QAnon. No. Don't do yeah, that.
0: Yeah. 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 You might find the wrong. Q&A podcast. <laughs> right. Let's
1: just say. But yeah, right? as I was thinking about, about this movie a lot in relation to Satanic Panic, because this is mm-hmm. sort of leading up into the. I, w- I was trying to find that whether the Satanic Panic is related to um, the Exorcist, and I couldn't quite find that.
0: It, it's in, because. So the Exorcist falls right in between Rosemary's Baby. Uh-huh. And then the satanic panic, right?
1: Right? Right? right. So you want to say they're related,
0: right? Is is this right? Uh, here we go again with the vocab folks, right? Like, is this causation or correlation, <laughs> right? Um, is this ice creams causing sunburns, or is this uh, Internet Explorer causing your parents to divorce? Right. I don't know.
1: It's post hoc ergo proctor hop. I believe ergo hop. I believe that's what it is. What the <laughs> fuck did you just <laughs> say? Post hoc ergo prompter hoc. So it, this followed, therefore this caused this. I believe is what okay. it is. There we go. That's off sure. the top of my head. So don't 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 use me as your philosophy one oh two homework. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We're we're just we're just a couple of straw men, folks.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Post hoc ergo prompter hoc. Uh, this came after, therefore it results from this. Well, there we go. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Um <laughs>
0: yes. So, yeah. So, in any case, yeah, we are slowly but surely establishing this this fear of Satan and witchcraft here in the late 20th century. Um, but yeah, we are. I think we're going to continue that in the next.
1: Minute. Oh, a cliffhanger! I can't wait. Oh, I, yes. I, I, I'm, I've been waiting to hear all of your stuff about witchcraft. Oh yes, yes. So I'm excited for that.
0: Um, but for now, that's all the notes I have for this minute. Keenan, is there anything else we missed? No, I think we got it all. All right, folks. This has been another excellent Exorcist minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark,
1: and I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and Letterbox as Howdy Keenan. Our website for the
0: show is theexorcistminute.com. We also have a Facebook. Facebook page. So if you like us and you want to share us with your friends, you can head over there. Uh, We also have a listener group um, uh, called Compelling Conversations. Just request to join and we'll let you in here with us. Um, And as always, uh, if you'd like to leave us a message, our email is theexorcistminute at gmail.com, all one word. Um, And lastly, if you like the show and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do for a new podcast that's just starting out is to leave a little five star review and that'll help us to grow and reach more people and we'll really, really appreciate it. All right. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the, the power, power of Michael, Michael B. Jordan, Jordan
1: compels you. you.